Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. Welcome once again to Three Witches and a Druid, but this time we're four witches and a druid and a ghost hunter. It's very exciting. I'm Margo. And I'm Maeve. Gwen. And I'm Brian. So we have two guests. I'm Cassie. And Dawn. And, and he's the ghost hunter. Retired. Retired ghost <laughs> hunter. I didn't realize that. Oh, you'd come out of retirement if we oh, needed yes, you. Oh, yes, if it's interesting, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, this is a bit of an um, impromptu episode, like hopefully it'll be before Samhain. I don't know a whole lot, so I'm going to sort of step away and just listen. So this is kind of more on you three. <laughs> well, we can start by the doodad in front of us. There's a doodad. <laughs> oh, that's yes! <laughs> and what Not is the microphone. No, no. And what is this doodad on the table that you've gotten out to show us? It's called a King 2 meter, and it usually will indicate if spirits are present. How does it do that? Lights up. But is it a a magnetic wave? Is it a... What kind of wave? Electromagnetic. So what Don has in his hand is about the size of your... Well, let's say your early 2000s remote, because it's kind of thick. Yeah. And it's got a array of lights across the top. And right now it's just sitting green. But he said when there is movement in the field, is that it? Yeah, and also you can use it if you were in an active investigation. If you put it down and you you're trying to get a spirit to come in and communicate that, you would say to them, look, just touch the green light. Once for yes, twice for no, if you want to answer a question. And that would make that flicker then? That would make it flicker, and if it's a really strong response, the whole thing will just light up like a Christmas tree. Isn't it? How did you get into this? Well, I had some experiences that I wanted to find out more about. Actually, my daughter, she she had oodles of experiences. As a young child? As well, a- she, it started when she was about... 12, 13, I think it was around 12 or 13. The first experience she ever had is uh, was when we were renting a duplex. She was down in the basement with a friend of hers playing darts. It was an unfinished basement. Dartboard was on the wall. There were exposed woodwork overhead, so they were throwing darts, and she threw her darts, and two of them went into the board, and the third one went wild. In other words, she lost the grip, and I went up and stuck in one of the beams. It was summertime, and uh, just to add to it, she had one of those, one of these holders that tie around the back of the neck. She pulled the two darts out of the dartboard first. Then she put the chair over, and she stood up, got up on the chair, and she was going to take the, the dart from up on her, on the beam. And she happened to look down with her hand, other she had three darts in her hand. She looked up, and there was no dart on the beam. So anyway, the two kids came up the basement stairs three steps at a time. <laughs> anyway, I took her back down and I said, okay, where were you standing and where is the beam? And she said, the beam's up there. 
I said, where was the chair? She showed me where the chair was. So we estimated that if she had gotten up in the chair and beam, uh, the ceiling was that high, she could have gotten touched it, but she couldn't get a good grip on it. She couldn't grip the dirt and it would have come down on her face. And things, things just escalated from there, everything went. She, she'd be uh, going to school on the bus and she said all of a sudden, so things would start spinning. Now, to put that in context, are any of you old enough to remember the movie Town News on the theaters? They used to have a, a newspaper with a headline and it would... Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes, 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 yes. And she said, that's that's what happened. And then she, when it stops, she said, I'm somewhere else. And eventually it would happen again and she would it. And uh, I remember there was once she said that she had done that and when she came to where she was, she was in a cave and there was a fire and she was wearing old rags. She didn't say there was anybody else present, so I can't say if there was anyone. But anyway, she said, I was sitting there and I was doing a ritual and she said, I was cutting my stone. I cut my finger three times. And I said, yeah, okay. And she said, uh, when I spun out of it and the bus was just coming to the, uh, coming to school, she looked and she had three cuts on her finger. So this is what caught your attention, that there is something else out there. Oh yeah. Another time, during the summertime, my ex-wife and I, we both worked. We lived out in Lake Echo at the time. And she, Dorothy, my daughter, used to go down to her friends. It was about a five-minute bicycle drive down. And uh, about three o'clock, she'd start home and she'd have supper ready for us when we get in. This one particular afternoon, we came home and uh, Dorothy was there and there was no supper, no nothing. She was really agitated. And uh, I said, what's, what's, what's the problem? Well, she says, I started out from, I think it was Kelly was her friend, from Kelly's about three o'clock. And she said, I just got home just before you two did. Now this was a five minute bicycle ride. This was about quarter past five. And she said, uh, when I went in to wash my hands in the mirror, I could see green flecks in my eyes. And she said, when I look at something, it would levitate. And she was moving her arms, and I said, what's going on here? I said, I don't know. But it looked like two suction marks on the inside of her elbow. Isn't that a freak? Yeah. So you got into it to kind of investigate, yes. follow up on these stories. So what was your first, how did you first, how did you go about, like, learning more about the this? Uh, read, mostly. Yeah. This would be back in the 70s, so there wasn't any internet, so you couldn't go on the internet. But my ex-wife was, uh, I'm saying this, I'm not saying this to, to uh, uh, put anybody down. She was a very strong Roman Catholic. And anything to do with the supernatural or the paranormal was the work of the devil. So I was the only one that Dorothy had to relate to. Oh, yeah. And she's lucky that she did have you Actually, to yes. help, maybe not guide her, but at least support her Yeah. yeah through she, this. Because I can't uh, imagine how isolating and terrifying that would be as, well, as a young the, teenager. That's, that's the thing. And uh, I also had a friend who was, uh, he was very savvy about this sort of thing. Between the two of us, uh, we, uh, you know, we more or less kept things under control. Mm -hmm. That so, was Harry. That was Harry, yeah. Unfortunately, Harry's dead, but... So did, did you find, eventually, did you found others who did this? Isn't there a society you saw? Yeah, you learned I, uh, what was that I got in touch with a chap called Troy Taylor, who was the uh, head of the American Ghost Society. And he's very, fairly, he was a fairly prolific, uh, is, I guess, author. I was, you know, writing to him and he was saying, do you have any, any interest in maybe being our representative up in, in Eastern Canada? So I said, yeah, okay, sure. So uh, I learned quite a bit from him. Then there's Daryl. Daryl, oh yeah, Daryl, Daryl Walsh. I don't know if any of you know Daryl or not, he's a local author. It's ringing a bell. You yeah. might have, yeah, in the past you might have. Ghost, Ghost Waters, he wrote Ghosts of Nova Scotia. Yes, yes, yes. There was yes, a yes. thing in the paper about him. Recently. No, wait, no, it was on, on the internet. Yeah, I saw yeah, it on Facebook and, there was something. Facebook, yeah. rather, yeah. He and uh, Elliot Van Dusen. They're having a dinner somewhere, I don't know where it is, but it's $125 if you'd like to go and meet a real ghost hunter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, do you ever need cash? So, when the two of you say you get someone saying, I think my house is haunted, what would be your procedure at this time? Because I know Cass is the medium. Cass is the person we send in first. 
Yeah, and you're the you're, you're you're the techno guy, yeah. and she's the medium. Anything's going to happen, it'll happen to her. So then we can all run, except. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I'm the disposable. So what happens? What what would be the the procedure if you got a call and you were going to someone's house? Well, first off, you go and talk with them, find out what's going on. Yeah. Because sometimes people will, uh, you know, yank your chain. We had one woman that. She was bound and bed her daughter. Oh, that was down the down the shore. Wasn't yeah. It? yeah, bound and bed her yeah. daughter was seeing ghosts. Yeah, and but anyway, you check. That's what you story. check first. Yeah, yeah. If you deem that there's you know, enough evidence there that perhaps something is going on, uh, you will ask to make arrangement with them to perhaps come in with a few people and. Uh, find out exactly what you ask them first. What do you want done? Do you want these be- these uh, spirits to go? Or do you just want to substantiate the fact that they're here? And so what would that team, like you're saying that you would go in with uh, a multitude of people, describe to us what that team would look like? Well, actually, uh, any of the investigations we did, we were part of Daryl Walsh's organization. We were part of his organization, but then we also started our own organization, um, and that had, uh, there was Dar. These are all people that are cognizant about these things. Um, yeah. I won't say everyone has their own specialty, it's just a fact to be aware of what you're doing and then carry on from there. Okay, so after you've spoken to them <clears throat> and you've decided there is something here <clears throat> to investigate, so then Cass, you go in. Yes. What do you do? I go in and first off, I always, introduce myself because I'm entering into their home. So whether they're really, really there or they're just a figment of somebody's imagination, I always introduce myself and say, hi, I'm Cass. And then I sit down and nine times out of 10, I just, for lack of better words, I turn on my radar and they will come in. Or if there's really no there then I won't get anything and it's there's nothing to do there so when you go in and you introduce yourself are they reaching out through you or to you they're reaching out to me because I'm, I'm a strong believer this I learned from my grandmother was that you don't invite anybody to use your body your body is yours and it's only houses one spirit and that spirit is yours so I always look at them as if they're a real person. Pull up a chair, have a cup of tea, and let's talk. Out of the um, Peggy's cult, when the plane went down in the water, we went out. It was closed off uh, to the public while they were doing body recoveries. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think it was a week. And we went out the first day that the Peggy's cult was open. Yeah, they were was, still doing. They were still doing recoveries, but not bodies. They were doing uh, material recovery. wreckage recovery. They had at that time a priest that came in and released the spirits. Yeah. And so, of course, I felt that if the priest went in and released them, then that's okay for me to go. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. You went out on the rocks. Yeah. And sat, sat down on the rocks. Exactly. You know, like I said, I, I sat down and, and I looked up and there was a young fellow and, and he looked at me and goes, hi. And I said, hello. I didn't think anything about it. He was as real to me as Janet is, as Gwen is, as Margo is. There was no difference. And he said, you can see me? And I looked at him. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden behind him was like oodles and oodles and oodles and oodles of people that had crashed. There was even a, it was a little girl yeah. that came through to me and it was like, all they wanted was to go home and wanted to know why they were here. So of course I had to explain to them, the plane crashed, you were in the plane, it went in the water, you died. and. You've got a cord that comes out of your belly button and it goes to outer space, to heaven. I said, follow it and you'll meet the people that, there'll be, you'll, you'll have family there to greet you. And he said, 
So all we have to do is follow this chord. I said, yep, you follow your chord, you follow your chord. Everybody has to follow their chord. And it was so exhausting that I looked at Dawn and was like, it, it's time to go. I couldn't take any more. It was, no, no, now I don't see you. Now I don't see you. Because that was the only way I could deal with them because they were all coming in at once. And I looked at him and I said, I thought the priest got rid of them. I thought the priest sent them away. And he looked at me, Don looked at me and goes, I don't think so. Now, did you have your piece of equipment with you? No. You, you didn't have your equipment no. with you then? We had no intention of anything like that happening. We were just out to, you know, to see the, to see the place. I have not been to Peggy's Cove since that plane crashed. How many years? When was that? 98? 98. Yeah. September 2nd. So I have not been there in 23 years. I have not been to Peggy's Cove since that plane crash. I have. It's actually a real, there's a really beautiful memorial. I've there, seen there, pictures of and the there, memorial. There is. And because the ones that I could, that, that actually stepped up to me were released. I felt I did my job. I did my job. And that would have been overwhelming. I it would was. think. I would it absolutely was. think it would be. It was. So where's the place you've gone into Dawn there and Cass's kind, other than where that plane crash was? Has there been a house that was particularly strong that you remember oh, very yes. clearly? You're probably what you probably should do is turn on the boat, Willie. Willie was a young boy. You want me to set the Yes. Set it up, okay. Yeah. Uh, out beyond Peggy's Cove on the Prospect Road, there's a there's a church. Uh, can't remember which one it is now, and it had a there's a graveyard there, cemetery. We had uh, was that when we had the chat from CBC? We had CBC. They yes. wanted they, they wanted to do a program on on paranormal investigations, so we uh, we decided we'd go up there. And it was just in the evening, early evening, we pulled in. So Daryl was standing there. He said, "So just wander around." So of course I headed off by myself and you have to understand I was behind I was behind the headstone so I couldn't see who was on the headstone. You couldn't see names. Yeah, I couldn't see any names. You were on the west on the west side. Yeah. And uh, this little boy was standing there and he says I'm looking for my mommy and my dad and I looked at him and I said they're not here we're here doing an investigation and he goes but I got really sick and I looked at him and I said, oh, okay, so what did you get really sick of? He goes, I had the yellow disease. And I said, the yellow disease? Yes. He goes, all over me. And what he was describing was smallpox. And as he talked and he goes, I, I, I went to sleep, I woke up and, and Mama and Papa were gone. And I said to him, I said, they were gone. Didn't he say that they, he woke up and he was in the well, he, cemetery? He was, he was there. And he said, I, I can't find Mama and Papa. So anyway, I said to him, I said, what's your name? He goes, Willie. It's Willie. I said, okay, Willie. Well, why don't you hold my hand and we'll look for your mom and your Papa. I said, or, I said, or, you know that cord that's coming out of your belly button? I said, you can follow that back to your mama and your papa or your grandma and your grandpa. He said, I can find Oma and Papa. And I said, you can find your Oma. And I said, or your mom. And he goes, all I have to do is follow my, this, this back. And I said, exactly, you follow it back and it'll take you back to some, somebody that you're gonna recognize. So of course Dawn came over and Daryl and they were asking me, who, who are you talking to? And it was like, well, I'm talking to Willie. And I pointed and I realized that Willie was gone. <laughs> and Dawn said to me, he said, what did he say his name was? I said, Willie. And he walked around to the front of the gravesite and it was William. There's the gravesite. Oh. Talking to, okay, talking we to have a picture here. <clears throat> oh my, here's the gravestone that says, In loving memory of William, son of Daniel. Oh my goodness, 
born January 28th. I can't see that clearly. Yeah, 1878 to 1885, I think. So he's seven or so. It's not as clear as it could be. Well, there it was. There he is. Isn't that and interesting? I, mean, I was just sitting talking to him because, I mean, here was a little boy. A, you know, a young boy. Then we went back the next night. Was it the next night or was it two no, weeks we later? Went, uh, we, we went there a week later. Yeah. And, and Willie wasn't there. He so wasn't there. He, so he must have followed his cord back to his parents. Right. But yeah. it was it was yeah. really weird. The interesting thing was that his parents were buried right next to his grave. But, and he couldn't find them. And But they probably crossed over and never realized right. that he was there. So that's how you sort of see them, is with this cord leading from their... Well, everybody has a cord. We're all attached to this cord. And when you die, the cord becomes so bright. It's either bright green or bright yellow or bright pink or bright red. Um, well, in, the womb, in the womb, we have our umbilical cord. Right. And so same sort of deal. So yeah. it, it is. It, 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 it's, it's the same sort of deal because, I mean, it's the way they can find their way home. Now, some just don't want to go home. That's simple and easy. Some are terrified to cross over. Right. So they're going to stay on this side of the, the plane and they're going to make life miserable for everybody. Right. Because to cross over terrifies them, you know, pure and simple. When we, uh, we went to an investigation, we're very polite because, uh, as Carolee said, one, these spirits live here. Now, the spirit is just basically a personality within a body. So one would talk to a spirit the same way that I would talk to, one would talk to any one of you, providing it's not, hasn't been a nasty, a nasty haunting. I personally would never do is win to a reputedly haunted house just because it was haunted to find out what was there. Because that's basically trespassing. I've, often, I've always held the belief that even though the house is, say, dilapidated, if these spirits date from when the house was a really nice house, they're still seeing that. That's their house. They're seeing that as it was when they were alive. So what we're doing is basically crashing in through the front door as an intrusion. I give us an example, uh, I shouldn't do this, I'll probably get sued or something, but there's a TV program called Ghost Adventures. Is it Ghost Adventures? Is that Zach, Zach character? Uh, I forget what the show's called now. And uh, they're very, very, uh, very, very confrontational. I dare you to come out and visit yeah, me. Yeah, they, they challenge, they challenge the spirits. So far they've got away with it. They're not going to something. They're going to get one that's, that's going to take care of this. You don't gain anything by being controversial, even in real life. All you do is rile people up. Well, it's the same, well, with, the, same with the spirits. It's kind of like our last episode where we were talking about being kind to people and being mm -hmm. uh, compassionate to people. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason why you would behave any different to a spirit on another plane. Exactly. Uh, be kind to them, be compassionate yeah. to them. Exactly. And. Yeah. Find out, try, you try to find out why they're still here. Uh, some of them, as Carolee said, are here by choice. Some of them also don't know how to move on. That often can happen, can't it, if someone has died very suddenly? Yes, they don't realize they did. That, that can happen, I And that is extremely frustrating because they're, they're interacting with people in their mind and in their sight they're interacting with people, but the people are not interacting back because they can't see them. And I can imagine it gets so frustrating. Isn't that interesting? I know that uh, I always am polite if I suspect something is around. Uh, two summers ago, I was off with friends at their their cottage, which was, you know, their his grandparents' house. Mm -hmm. And the house was very, very old. And, you know, he had the house. And I was in there, and uh, I'd been in the family for like 100 or 250 years. And... It still didn't have plumb, indoor plumbing, if you mm -hmm. can imagine. I'd never been there, wasn't part of the family, and I knew something was was in my room. I knew something was there. Was, I didn't feel scared or anything. <clears throat> and I said, you know, I said, uh, I'm such, I introduced myself. I said, I've been invited here. 
I said, you know, your great grandkids or whatever the case might be, I said, and thank you for having me and I'll be the best yeah. house guest I can be. And uh, I never that's, felt another thing the rest of the weekend. That's, that's exactly, you did exactly what you, what you should have done. Yeah, just as a good thanks it's, for having uh, me. I'm just gonna enjoy myself and I'll try to be a good house guest. Yeah, well, I, the thing, the house we lived in over in, over in Brookside was haunted. It had a reputation for being haunted. So the first thing we did when we, uh, even before we moved in, we went into the house, stood in the living room, and said, uh, thank you for allowing us to share your house. If we're doing something that you don't approve of, please let us know, and we'll try and correct it. Lived there for seven years, quite uh, quite, quite happy coexistence with, uh, with the spirits. Never had a problem. Uh, when, as I was, far as, uh, sorry. when I was cooking, when I was baking your jelly, I remember, the little old lady that lived in the house was standing behind me and I felt her chin on my shoulder and I, I kind of looked back and I thought, oh, okay, yeah, nobody's there, but you are there and that's that. So I was making the, the, the jelly and stirring it and she said, that pot's gonna boil and it's gonna boil over. I said, no, it's not. I said, it's a big pot, so it's, the jelly will not boil over. Well, <coughs> it boiled all over, <laughs> and I looked, and yeah. she was laughing so hard behind me. And I looked, there's, okay, so you're right. <laughs> you know, um, when we when I first moved into the house, uh, Don was in the hospital, and it was the first time that I'd ever stayed by myself, ever, ever by myself. And I was unpacking things and I was upstairs in our bedroom and I put together our bed. And of course the bedding was down at the other end of the hall. And I just laid on the bed and I was so tired. And as just as I was starting to drift off, I heard thump, 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 somebody walking up the steps. I knew I'd locked all the doors. So there was nobody there. I said, I don't know who you are. I said, but if you don't mind, could you pass me a blankie? <laughs> well, when I woke up the next morning, trying to look around and it was like, I realized it was light and it was like, I stayed by myself all night, <laughs> but I was covered by a blanket. <laughs> now you have to understand all the blankets were down at the far end, way, way down across from the bedroom, down across from the, from the bathroom. So whoever was had picked up the blanket, covered me up, and that was it. From that day forward, there was nothing that I couldn't do on my own. And then Dawn came home from the hospital and, and you know, like I looked at her, there's really a ghost here. <laughs> there's really a ghost. Just, just, just before we go, I'd like, like to, if you don't mind, put in a plug for a, for a program. It's on the uh, APTN, the Aboriginal People's Television Network, and it's called The Other Side. And it's uh, about Native American spirit investigators. I mean, you can actually it'll come up if you want to, you can bring it up on, on, uh, on the computer, The Other Side. They do not use a, a controversial method of investigations, they use I've always said that if anyone wants to know how a spirit investigation should proceed, this is the program to watch. They're always respect, uh, respectful of the spirit, unless the spirit gets nasty, and then in which case that uh, things get a little... little uh, I was going to ask you for a recommendation, so I will definitely look for that. That's but a, the one. a couple of times now, you have mentioned nasty spirits. So how rare are they and, and how, in your work, did you have to deal with that and how did you? We were very fortunate. I, we, the only time I think we had a really nasty spirit was that portal haunting at my daughter's house. That's the first one we had. The second one was uh, at the Glib House. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that's right too. The portal haunting is an entirely different uh, animal from ordinary hauntings. These are dimensional portals that's open and allow beings 
from another dimension to come through. Now that sounds like science fiction or, or uh, Star Trek, but it's true. It's true. There are such things. Oh, I believe in that. Absolutely. It's happened in my house. Yeah. No, no. no. I believe in that completely. Beings that come through were never human. Yeah. These are alien. And they can be extremely nasty, usually are. They can injure people. They can cause considerable damage. And there has been one or two instances where they've actually killed people. So this is starting to move a bit more into like the demonic realm. Uh, I would, yeah, yeah. yeah I would, yes, it would, you would be. Say, so these are beings that maybe in the Middle Ages or other at other times, other cultures, they've called them demons, but they are just yeah, other like entities that. Other... Um, I was thinking of yours, Maeve, and I was thinking sort of attracted to negative energy or needing or feeding off energy. Yes. Is that your experience as well? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. They initially, and this, this is only the one instance that we ever, that I ever had other than the, in the yeah. house, but uh, they initially start out as being very, very benign. Okay. But uh, I'm thinking that's so they can get a foothold. Mm. And then they start ramping things up. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And as I say, they can, it's an extremely hard haunting to get rid of. We were very fortunate when we uh, went into it that one of our investigators had a uh, had an acquaintance on the other side and he actually exerted some of his force and we managed to get the portal closed. Him and his wife. Oh yes. Were able to yes, yes. To, to close the portal. Yes, it's from the other side. From the other side because it was in our grandson's room and he's he was what maybe two no less than two. He was less than two. He was uh, still in the crib. Yeah, so was so was that what was I mean, had they been in the house long? Was that something that had been open before they got there? They I don't know. I don't think so, but uh, it's a house that they had did they buy it or rent it? They no, they bought it. Yeah. And uh, this, this was shortly after they bought it, so it could very well have been there, but just was just very benign. They don't they Dorothy would come out and the, all the cupboards were wide open. All the drawers were pulled out of the uh, out of the cupboards, and she'd put them all back and close it and get the water and do what she had to do, and she just kind of laughed it off. Well, yeah. And she told us, and then she said, but she said, it's starting to scare me. And Dave, of course, was like, it's got to be something here. And well, then he was right. It he, was something there. <laughs> he, he actually took a picture outside their house. And there was a great big, huge white thing. Encasing their house? Encasing their... Well, sort of. You have the picture. Yeah, um, he had proof that it was real. Yeah. And then he said to us, can you get, you know, can you close it? Can you get, can you get rid of it? And so we thought, can't be that hard. Well, we went in. I did our thing. And... It got worse, and it's like she said. It's, it, it got. It, it's worse. It really is. It's, it's worse. And I looked at it, and all of a sudden, Dawn said, "It's a portal." And then, of course, um, Kevin and Sherry. We we contacted Kevin anyway and uh, asked him, and he said, "I can close it." He said, "But he said it's going to be 
a hard close. It was too. It really truly was a hard close. Isn't that interesting? Now, any of you just on a little sideline, because we're passing around right this moment a picture of it. If you ever take a photo and these little perfectly round orbs may be in your photo, that is usually a spirit that's around. Sometimes. If anyone, sometimes it can be a spirit. Sometimes. A lot of it is dust, I have to say, I have to admit. But dust wouldn't be so perfectly round. Well, that's how, I, it's, that's how, it's that's how it reflects. That's how it reflects. Oh, okay. Reflects the light, okay. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's one thing that Daryl and I differed on. He pretty well considered any orb was dust. But there were some that I don't think could be considered as as uh, as dust. Very interesting. But, uh, yeah. So to circle back a little bit to the first conversation night, when you were telling the story of your daughter, mm -hmm. and you said at one point that she ex had a few experiences. Do you feel now looking back that that was one particular spirit potentially following her, or was she just sort of prone to this? I think she was pretty well prone to it. It was a protective spirit. So do you feel people can be more prone than, say, other people? Mm -hmm. They draw yeah, them? Yeah, that's true. Uh, like personalities attract like spirits. If you're a nasty person, you're going to basically, and some spirit wants to attach to you, it's going to be nasty. She had... She had many interesting experiences many through, interesting her, through experiences. her life. She, um, she was told that none of these were to be revealed to her mother. Right. That's very interesting. She now she doesn't want to talk about it and I uh, hope she doesn't hear the program because luckily we're not we're not that popular. We're, we're, not, we're not we're not doing Maybe. that. But but you'd know. be surprised who's around you like my grandfather yeah. is often around me. Cass yeah. has her grandmother around her People are yeah, around. I don't look at them as spirits. I just look at them as like Maid's grandfather comes visitors. And he likes the TV. He sits there in that yeah. chair. And as long as I have the TV on and Don will be sitting over here on the couch and he'll be sitting there watching. And it's like, Janet wants to talk to you later, dear later. This is funny. <laughs> and he really loves the TV. He always did. And now my Nan, when I feel like I'm getting out of my depth, Nan's right there to talk to talk me out of being out of my depth. And it says, don't worry about a child. I'm here. Your Nan's here. So I don't look at them as spirits because first off, Nan's standing right there and deliberately touching the machine. It's not doing anything. Nan says that she's crossed over, and because she's crossed over, she's now, she's something different, and that just becomes a toy to my, my grandmother. So somebody who hasn't crossed over, that's when you get a reading that's from them. That's when you get, you'll, you'll get a reading from yeah. them. Because we all have people who, who would be with us. I, I've had an interesting conversation more than once with people, you know, saying, oh, you know, my grandmother died, or my mother died, mm -hmm. and... The TV's going on and off and the lights are blinking and they're all so scared and they're all so upset. And I said, well, I said, were you afraid of your grandmother in life? Oh my goodness, no, I love my grandmother. I was never afraid of her. I said, well, don't be afraid of her now. Just because the lights flicker. Oh, my grandmother, when I picked up her ashes and I had them, they were in, uh, they were in the living room, just on the shelf. Oh my place, the lights were on and off and this and things flickering and the TV. She did not like where I had put her. When I took her off that shelf and put her somewhere else, she settled right down. Yeah, she, <laughs> she did not like that at all. She, she, I think because she was tucked away and she couldn't see what was going on. She didn't like that one bit. <laughs> no, and, and you have to understand is that I guess for a couple of weeks after they've passed away, two to three weeks, they're, they're here. They're very present because you've got to let go. So till you say goodbye to them and you don't have to necessarily say goodbye, but it's, it's almost as if they're sensing whether you still feel them. They stick around till they know you're going to be okay. Then they cross over. And then once they've crossed over, they generally never come back unless 
they're called, or if I'm using the Ouija board and I use my Nan and I say to Nan, could you contact Judy's dad, Judy's parents for me? Okay, darling, whoever I want her to contact, she contacts. But when they die on this side and they stay on this side, I think sometimes one, they can get angry because they're gone. Nobody sees them. That can get very frustrating. And sometimes they're just wackadoo. Right. <laughs> they're just they're, they're 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 nuts. So with this with this belief, do you feel that each soul is an individual? Do you, do you believe do you believe in like reincarnation that these souls potentially come back in a different yes. form? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Myself, I've been back more times than I can keep count of. Right. But I want to keep coming back. I have something that I haven't completed in one life that I think, okay, I'm coming back. I may not be Cassie when I come back, but I'm gonna do the same friggin' job Cassie does so I can get that job done. Right. Um, so I, I really think that um, you have a choice. You can either stay on the other side, and when you're on the other side, they open up a door and whatever it is that you thought heaven was going to be like, or Summerland was going to be like, that's what it's going to be like for you all the time. Yeah. I got plans when I get to the other side. There's a couple of things I want to do, a couple of places I want to go, until I reincarnate. I got plans. <laughs> Dawn's going to be waiting and we're going to Egypt, him and I. We're going. Exactly. Yeah. For me? Bye. Because I'm coming right back. <laughs> I will say one small disclaimer before we start to wrap up. Be careful with your Ouija boards. A lot of people and kids should never be allowed to use Ouija boards. No, the Ouija and board it is, is a serious thing. People think it's in the kids' section in games. It's not, you know, make sure you have a circle up. Make sure you have protection because anything can come strolling on yeah. through. I always told my daughter, if you were to sleep over a party and they want the Ouija board to get out, I said, you leave and come home. You are not to use a Ouija board If they board pull out the booze, you can stay but be responsible. <laughs> but if they pull out the Ouija board, you call me right away. You yeah. right on out of there. I don't, you're 16, I don't care if you have some drinks, but if there's a Ouija board involved, I said you light out of there right away. It's funny you mention that because I, I hope at some point to cut the Ouija board. And Karen is like, forbid it. And it's like, no, the machine's gonna summon something. <laughs> you have to be careful with a really. Well, I mean, with the Ouija board, really you, you really do have to be careful. I, I When I'm working with the Ouija board, um, I generally have a person opposite of me that has the same amount of power as me, or nearly as much as I have, so that I can feel their heartbeat through their hands, and I know they're there. But I cast. A circle and I go around three times yeah. because ain't Smudge no shit space. getting in. Right. Smudge in the space and, and you've got your grandmother on the other side exactly. to help you. Well, yeah. let, Ouija boards are not a toy contrary to popular Well, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. We've talked about some tools. So Ouija board is of course a tool you yeah. use. Uh, this, what's it called? EMF meter. Okay. So what are some other tools that you guys may have used in your travels? Um, we have the... Oh, okay, the infrared thermometer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this thing. The infrared thermometer, you have to be careful with electrical outlets and things uh, like no, that. Is that no, the one or no, is this no, the no, one? That's, is that? No, that's, that's the one there. Oh, okay. Uh, it's actually, it's a remote reading thermometer shaped like a gun you've probably seen them uh it's shaped like a gun and it's got a uh, reading oh they're really popular during covid right now mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah they tell the difference in the room if there's a spirit present or a paranormal entity present usually the temperature will drop anywhere in that particular vicinity uh up to 15 or 20 degrees that's significant. But only, yeah, because when they materialize, they absorb. That was my next question. So energy, they draw yes. that energy they draw to in, make yes. themselves visible. Exactly. Or, or 
yeah. present. present. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get you the next time we do it. Investigation, <laughs> <laughs> you're good. <laughs> a lot of people will use a pendulum as well to see if anyone is there. Yeah, the, the uh, pendulums. Jury's out uh, somewhat on the pendulum, although I've used it. I'm not 100% happy with it, but on the other hand, it has produced some results. My my feeling, it's a, it's a hit or miss. I could never use a pen. They don't work for me very well. Well, some, some people they don't. Some people they don't. And then they're, um, they've used voice boxes. Yeah. And yes. even your camera, too. Spirit box. Spirit box? Yeah. And uh, there's also what's called uh, a machine called the Ovalus. It's about the same size as that is. It's got a little screen and it has the ability to translate into visual words from spirit. Okay, that's neat. It is, it is. Uh, it's usually just a one word, mm -hmm. but I've noticed some of the programs, uh, the other side, the people on the other side use it. Mm -hmm. okay. Could we go back to the spirit box? Yep. Can you describe that for us? Well, basically a spirit box is a small machine that scans the uh, broadcast frequencies because sometimes the spirit will respond using a broadcast frequency, not right. one that's, that's being used, but the, em the empty ones. Uh, I've found, I've never used one, but from watching them use it, I don't think I'd care for that as much as I would have known it's uh, the voice is kind of scratchy. You have to really, really listen to it, and it's just a brief interruption from the static. You've got you've got a continuous, continuous uh, static, because you're scanning all these broadcast frequencies that are not being used. So it's an empty, so it's static, and sometimes the voice will come through on that. But uh, I've, maybe it's just me. I'm getting old. I, I have trouble translating. I found that uh, the voices are not all that all that clear on it. With the Ovalus, you've got it in your hand, you're looking at it, there's no ifs, buts, or maybes, you know what you have. Yeah, see, with me, the, the, the voice box works perfect, because sure, go my, ahead. Hearing, yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> my okay. hearing is, is so attuned <laughs> that I picked them up immediately. Right. It yeah. may be that, you know, like... Oh yeah, it's used often, so I mean, you know, it's just me, it's not <laughs> <laughs> I My youngest son had an experience, well, I would say he was probably 19 or 20, it was maybe 19, because it was just before he started working full-time with the, with the forces, and he's a hard worker, and he was doing two and three jobs, and going to school, and all this sort of thing, and one of the jobs he picked up was uh, overnights, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. at a gas station. And um, it was only a few a few houses from where he was living. <clears throat> and so he had just picked up some toy, which was a digital recorder. And it was a little, you know, like the size of a little yeah. remote sort of thing. And he thought, you know, I wonder if it would pick something up. And it's when there was that movie, you know, EVP or something. and. So I, I think he was thinking, I wonder if something will come through on this. So the gas station had a little convenience type store stuff in it and that kind of thing. And he would be behind the cash and watching the pumps and, and that sort of thing. And he stuck it up on top of the fridge. He phoned me freaked out the next day. <laughs> so he let it run his whole shift because they have this incredible storage and everything on these electronic little things. And 19-year-old um, boy slept like however few hours and got up and gamed, you know, before his next shift. He thought, I'm just going to let it run while I'm on the computer gaming with my friends and see if I hear anything. And you could hear that echoey, like you could hear people coming in, you could hear the door open, you could hear people coming in and chatting with him. And it had that sort of echoey quality of, you know, the mm -hmm. way sound is. Yeah. And... That went on, I guess, for quite some time. But anyway, he was playing and he just played me a quick snippet and he said, listen to this. And it was, so you could hear some of this in the background of people coming and going. And it's pretty quiet because what happens in downtown Halifax, really nothing, right? Overnights. But anyway, all of a sudden, out of that echoey, distant sounding, ambient, ambient noise, 
became something that was like it was right there in front of the microphone and it just said in a very deep very distinct voice go and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> like there was there was no yep. there was no anything it was go and it was the clearest most distinct thing and it had menace in it and I said, who have you told? And he's like, you. And I said, oh my gosh, you're gonna tell them at work? He's like, I don't wanna have to deal with people saying I made it up or I faked it or whatever. He's like, I said, what are you gonna do? He's like, I'm gonna go. <laughs> so he gave us two weeks notice and that was the end of that. I wonder he was saying go to. Actually, I think that was probably somebody looking after him. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah more than stayed, anything it's else. Possible. It might have been a robbery or something. Mm -hmm. And he uh, got out in time. Been in, been in trouble. Yeah. Now, that was my take on it when you said it. I could be wrong, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. Somebody is warning you. Yeah. So get, get out of that job. I've always just kind of heard the off sides, but there used to be a ghost at the store, right? In the basement. Actually, I had heard that, and I mean, the basement was, if there was going to be a ghost, it was going to be in that yeah. Oh, that was a ghosty basement on my <laughs> Like, it had this Trust original me. brick heart yeah. Yeah. in the basement. Stone yeah. cellar. But I was God. never... It was a really I never really picked up on anything well, there. There was a little old lady down there. Chassis yeah. red cards yeah. there though. What did yeah. you have any experiences at the at the store? That building was an old building. It was very old. Yeah. I didn't really have any yeah any experience there. I, now I, at Hill Tribe, on the other hand, you know how we would very meticulously arrange all the hangers. Yeah. We could all be downstairs and we could hear hangers moving upstairs. upstairs. That happened a lot. Now, yeah. At Hill Tribe. There was no laundry or anything downstairs, was there? At Little Mysteries? Yeah. Yes, there was. Was, okay. Just curious. Yeah. And I ran across a little old lady down there with a laundry basket. Yeah. Surprised the hell out of me. <laughs> I didn't even realize there was, there was washing machines down there. Yes, yeah. And she so, just said, hello. And she kept going. <laughs> Our house is haunted. Uh, um, Karen's, Karen's dad had passed away in that building. And she's going to correct me later. I think her grandmother passed away as well. But when you're downstairs, you could hear footsteps upstairs oh. all the time. This is yeah. this is not on a rare occasion. This is like almost on a daily basis. Sort of thing. And they're very friendly. It's comfortable. Yeah. This is not a yeah. off-putting thing. But it's very clear that there's somebody upstairs, but there's nobody upstairs. Well, well does Atticut, yeah. does your son, that, does your son have contact with them? Because well, that's kids whole, see things, man. So I, that's a whole other thing that's a little, little too creepy. But <laughs> in Atticus's first few years, he would tell us stories about adventures him and Grampy would go on. And so he knew my father, that was Grampy, uh, and Grampy passed away in uh, 2019, but we think he may have been dreaming or interacting with Karen's dad, who passed away in the building. And he would tell us all these stories about Grampy, and Karen's dad was quite an adventurer. He actually was a scuba diver who <laughs> who uh, retrieved bodies during the, the Swiss air. Yeah. Uh, he was a scuba diver, he was a boatman, he, he was an adventurous type guy. And so everything Atticus would tell us, and Atticus never met this man, he passed away long before he was born, everything Atticus would tell us is like, you're talking about Bob Murdoch, and that's super creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he would tell us, like, clear as day, yeah, me and Grampy went and did this last night. And it's like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> and now children, of course, have imaginations. This was not, he was not imagining this. He was telling us, yeah, yeah. we went to the carnival and we went on the tilt the world. It's like, you don't even know what any of that stuff is. And you're telling me that you went with your grandfather to these things. And yeah, to this day, I'm convinced that he, in yeah. some capacity, and went to these things. Does very, he very still lucky. talk about? It's a little less now, but it was to the point that last year we actually had to tell his pre-primary teacher, 
He may, he may bring this up. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Don't think this is a poor parenting situation. Yeah. <laughs> we live in a haunted house, just exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, the teacher probably kept to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You, you live in a haunted what? Okay. We, like we're we're very open with the school. Like we're a pagan family, and and Halloween for us is that way. That he's going to mention it. Be prepared for that. And so in October, like I, I warned this teacher the other day, he's gonna bring up his grandparents because they come and visit him. And this, like, he he knew two of them. The other one, they he visits. Like this is just just accepted. Sam, it'll make our lives a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he was very fortunate. Yes. Yeah. He he has a really strong connection to his grandparents who yeah. passed away. Well, Don's grandfather, I. Uh, I had never met him. Yeah. Never met his father, for that matter. They were both long gone. <clears throat> and I was upstairs, and Don and I weren't married at the time. Yeah. And living in sin. We <laughs> <laughs> weren't even living in sin. We, we were staying with your mom. Well. And yeah. I had the bedroom downstairs, and Don was upstairs. Well, nine times out of ten, I was upstairs. <laughs> and this man, was standing over me and he, he was looking down and he smiled and he has, had his hands crossed and he was had a, a weird hat. Railway hat. Well, a real, I didn't know it at the time that it was real, yeah. but. Yeah, the, the striped hat, striped yeah. caps. But I knew he, yeah. you know, and he looked at me and he smiled and he goes, you want to be downstairs by 6 a.m. <laughs> because he said, you know, somebody's going to catch you. He said, so he said, if you go down about 6 a.m., you won't get caught. And I was like, Dawn, Dawn, wake up, Dawn. <laughs> and as, as, as he was kind of going, uh, what? All of a sudden, the spirit just melted into the window and he was gone. Right. And it's like, I'm going downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going downstairs. And so anyway, I told him about the man. The next morning, I was down with Dawn's mom, Dorothy, talking with her and he came down with that bloody hat on his head and you could have knocked me over with a feather because I, he looks exactly like his grandfather looked like. And he had the cap on and Dorothy looked and she goes, oh, that's just one of the family. Yeah. And I looked at her as a ghost. She goes, dear. She said, who believes in ghosts? She said, that's silly. She said, no, he's just one of the family. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the house that we, yeah, the house that, uh, our house in Truro that my grandfather had built it. Oh, yeah. It was built in 1876, I think, yeah. 1875, 1876. Stayed in the family for generations. And then, of course, my sister bought the house, and, and um, but, uh, which, when her daughter was playing in the sink upstairs, running the water in the sink, I figure it was her, Dawn's father did, yeah. came up and he swatted her on the bum <laughs> because she was messing with the water and all of a sudden she turned the water off and she just screamed and she was running down the stairs she said, I was upstairs and somebody spanked me and Jane looked at her and goes what were you doing she goes nothing I was in the bathroom what were you doing in the bathroom because <laughs> nobody's going to spank you for being in the bathroom I might have been playing with the water, Jason. <laughs> but I'm glad they spanked you. <laughs> you know? Well, thank you very much, Cass and Dawn, for joining us. This is wonderful. And if you have anyone out there had any questions, you can certainly contact us on our Facebook page, Three Witches and a Druid. And we always welcome comments or suggestions. And, you know... 10 thumbs up, <laughs> we, we would also like to thank all of our Patreon. Is that what they're called? Is that how we say it? Patron. Patrons. Patrons. We'd yeah. like to thank all of our patrons who are helping us give our wonderful uh, tech support coffee yeah. on occasion. We can buy her three coffees now. <laughs> three <laughs> coffees to, the one, to our wonderful editor. So, and again, thank you, Cass and Dawn. And until next time, everybody, merry meet. Merry part. And merry meet again. Bless the be. This has been Three Witches and a Druid Podcast.
Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.